Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We want to be a place where you can own your faith and take next steps in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe your next step is to seek out a community and join a movement group. Maybe it's supporting movement financially for the first time or using your gifts on a volunteer team. Whatever God is calling you to do, our prayer is that you will step out in faith and let Him lead you. For more information about your next step, please visit movementcolumbus.com. Love watching that and uh, love just seeing people, people celebrate that, that Jesus has their heart and has their life. Um, I think there was, a, there was a time I thought it was, uh, it, was, it was a contest. I'm like, maybe I can make it through this, this baptism without crying. And then I'm like, no, no, it's not going to happen. Um, it's cool to celebrate. And so I appreciate uh, just, just a chance to do that. We're, uh, we're in week, week three uh, of a series uh, called Bad Advice. We've been talking about lies, we believe, lies that, that Satan speaks into our life and uh, lies that, that sometimes uh, the, the world or our friends tell us and, and things that, that we falsely build our life on. I love that we got to hear uh, three different stories this morning of people just saying, these are, these, are, these are things that I built my life on. And these things were lies. These things were not truth. These things were, were bad advice. And, and these things were wrong. And so we want to continue uh, in that journey uh, this week. And so I want to just invite you to, to open your Bible. We've got a limited amount of time together, but we're going to be uh, in John chapter uh, 14 today. John chapter 14. If you've got a, a Bible under your seat there somewhere, maybe there's one uh, under your chair. We're going to be uh, starting in, in verse 1. John chapter 14, verse 1, page 648. And we're going to uh, eventually get uh, to one of the, the lies that we believe and one of the things that can, can throw us off. And so I want to just read this to us. John 14, verse 1 says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would have known who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father." Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This passage opens uh, with Jesus talking to uh, his disciples. He's saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's house. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And he's saying, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me. Where I'm going, you're going there too. The 
the last moments, the last days, the last 48 hours of the life of Jesus take place in these final three chapters of, of John. And if you've read these chapters, or maybe even as you, we look at this passage this morning, you can feel the, the tension kind of building up. You can feel the tension building up because people know that things are changing. Jesus has been saying, this is what's going to happen in my life. This is where things are going. And, and you can feel that. The room is changing. And so Jesus is affirming some of that tension, some of the paranoia, some of the things his disciples are feeling. He's saying, listen, trust in me. I know your hearts are troubled, but trust in me and trust that we're going to be together for eternity. He puts their hearts at ease as he says that. Jesus is, is saying, listen, we've, we've talked about this. You know where you're going to be for eternity. And he's not talking just about these incredible mansions. He's saying, you're going to be with me and the Father in heaven. You're going to rest in me. You're going to have communion with me for eternity. And Jesus alludes to the fact that this timeline is going to unfold. This timeline he's been talking about, he's going to give his life and things are changing, but their, their confidence doesn't have to be shaken. Jesus says, and you know the way to where I'm going. He's talking about the way to the cross and the way to what will take place. He's talking about his betrayal. He's talking about his suffering. He's talking about his his death, burial, and resurrection. And he's setting these things up. And then as he's affirming them, as he's kind of calming them down, Thomas speaks up, old Thomas The disciples always make us feel good about ourselves, right? Because we, we like to watch their interactions with Jesus and think like, man, those guys didn't get it. And I'm a lot smarter than them. I love this, uh, this interaction. It's actually ironic. There are people that think that the Bible is fake. The Bible was written, just made up. And if you were going to make up the Bible, you would not put this in there. You would not put in like, hey, one of Jesus's closest followers was having trouble believing right at the end because that would be a terrible sell, right? But I think this is the honesty of the Bible and the honesty of what took place. Jesus says, and you know the way to where I'm going. And then in verse five, this says, no, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Thomas is just being honest. Maybe he's coming unglued a little bit, but he's saying, I don't believe, we don't know, we're confused, we're lost, we're not sure. And the disciples are the ones who were supposed to be all in on Jesus. They had left their lives. They had left their families. They had left their businesses. I mean, back then, if your dad was a fisherman, you were going to be a fisherman. You were going to take over the family business. If your dad was a carpenter, you were going to take over the family business and be a carpenter. And they had left all of that behind, all of their well-being and all of these relationships. And they had sold their lives to, to follow Jesus. And now... Things didn't look too clear. I mean, they thought Jesus was going to establish an earthly kingdom. Jesus was going to be an an actual real king and overthrow the Roman government. And he was going to lead them and they were going to be sitting at his side and he was going to be powerful and they were going to be powerful by association. And as they're following him and trying to connect the dots and trying to figure things out, they're like, listen, this guy says crazy. So we don't even know what it means anymore. He's not who we thought he was. He's not doing what we thought he was going to do. And we don't get this. And just the chapter before this, he said a phrase that probably really made him start to doubt. John 13, 33, he says this, dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. All of a sudden, Jesus is 
been with them. He's been doing ministry with them and life with them. And all of a sudden he's saying like, hey, by the way, I'm going to leave and you guys, you guys can't go there. And so naturally you can see why they would be wondering what is going on. We don't know what's happening here. We gave our lives to you. We're following you. We're trying to understand. And you're saying you're leaving and we can't come. And this doesn't feel great. Jesus, thanks for the stability. I grew up in a, a family here in Ohio, kind of, kind of simple. We did two things in the summer. We played baseball, because that's what you're supposed to do apparently in the 80s, I think. And uh, we went camping. And those were the two things we did. That's all I knew about going on vacation was that we would go camping. My dad had a styrofoam sailboat called a snark. Don't buy one of those. It's a terrible idea. But that was considered exciting in the 80s when we would go camping. That was our, our family vacation time. Family vacation time in the family that, that I've built that I'm a part of now looks a little bit different. We, uh, we've been to Florida and my wife and I did a baby moon one time to California and we've uh, been to some of the national parks and for a 15th anniversary, we went uh, over to Europe. We've gone different places and no matter what you do for vacation, no matter who you are, no matter where you go, if you go to Loudonville, Ohio, if you go to Hocking Hills, if you go to Europe, if you go to Asia, if you go halfway around the world or you go to the woods behind your house, I think there's something that we all know about vacation. At the end of that, maybe even at the middle of that, as you near the completion of your vacation, you just, you just are interested in getting home. Usually by the end of a vacation, more than anything, you want to get home. You want vacation to be over, even though vacation was great. And you're asking this question, when can we go home? Right? Maybe you've got kids that are literally saying that, when can we go home? Maybe it's just your dirty laundry starting to say, when can we go home? Maybe it's your credit card starting to stack up debt where you're thinking, when can we go home? You're asking, when will we be home? When can we go home? Where is our comfort? And I think that's the, the question that, that's, that's really being asked in this passage. When can we be home? Can you, can you still get us home, Jesus? Can we still find rest in you and with you? Will we still know peace? This is a moment of confusion. It's a moment where things kind of feel up in the air. And Thomas probably isn't at his best. I think most of us would have responded to Thomas and just said, like, hey, have you not been listening for the last couple of years? Have you not been following me? Did you not hear the, the parables and the stories? Are you not connecting the dots here? But instead, Jesus brings some clarity with his response. And as he offers some comfort, he's also offering truth. And verse six is a, is a famous one because this is a, Major statement from Jesus. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. What does Jesus mean when he says that I am the way? He means that we were created in the image of God to be in relationship with God and to know God. But sin and ultimately death robs us from our home. And whether we would use these words, whether we realize it, we're, we're all searching to get back home to know God, to be in a relationship with God, to rest in a relationship with him, to find peace and comfort in that relationship with him. And there is only one way to find peace and comfort and find a relationship with him. Jesus came and gave his life 
to pay the price for our sins that separate us from God. He gave his life so that we could have life. We couldn't pay our own debt. We couldn't erase our sins. We couldn't make them go away. And Jesus came and and did that. And so when he says, I am the way, he he didn't say I am a way or I am part of the way. Jesus said, I am the way. Jesus is the way. And what he's saying is, I'm going to get you home to the place maybe you don't have language for, but the place that you yearn for, the place where your soul will find rest. We wanna believe in other things. We wanna try other things. Jesus said, I am the way. What does it mean when Jesus said, I'm the truth? Jesus did not say, I am a piece of the truth. I am part of the truth. I am a truth said, I am the truth. It simply means this, that he's the internal embodiment of God. Colossians tells us that he's the image of the invisible God, that he's stunning, that he's unexplainable, that he extends us grace and mercy. We see that in interactions in the New Testament. We see that in the way that he interacted with the woman at the well. We see that when he interacts with tax collectors and so many others. Jesus is the only true measure of righteousness. We don't know righteousness. When we want to feel good about ourselves, do you know what we do? We put other people down. When I want to feel good about myself, I compare myself to someone else. When I want to think that my lawn looks good, the first thing I do is look next door and think like that guy didn't mow his lawn, right? When you want to feel good about your life, you look at the guy at work that you're doing a little bit better than. When you want to rate if you're a good son or daughter, you think about that sibling that's not as awesome as you and you're like, well, I got it together more than they do, right? We, we rate righteousness by belittling other people and all of our goodness, everything that we could try, everything that we could muster, the book of Isaiah says is filthy regs. All of our goodness, all of our righteousness, all of that will not get us home. Jesus gives us his righteousness. Jesus bestows his righteousness upon us He says, I'll give my righteousness to those who believe in my name, those who repent, like the stories you just heard up here today. And so Jesus is truth. Jesus defines truth. And when we surrender to him, when we are found in him, we're no longer defined by our lack of righteousness or our lack of truth. We are granted the perfection of Jesus. We are granted the obedience of Jesus. Those things are shared with us. Jesus is saying, I am the truth and I am the righteousness that opens this door to get you home. There's a lie that we are are told often in modern settings. And it's this, live your truth. We're told to, to live our truth in moral settings. We're told to live our truth in our sexuality. We're told to live our, our truth in politics and figure out what we want. And we're told that that's a subjective thing that, that can, can ebb and flow and, and change. And the reality is that truth does not change. In fact, the term live your truth or live my truth is kind of like an oxymoron, right? We, we literally can't say that. Truth is not subjective enough that it adapts to me or it adapts to you. Truth is truth and truth is Jesus. And this is nothing new. 
Sometimes we like to pick on the modern era, right? We like to say like, oh, the world was great up until like 1998. And then somewhere in the 2000s, everything fell apart. There would have been so many truths, so many different versions and slivers of of Jewish truth and secular truth. Jesus knew that truth was being attacked when he said this. That's why he said it. The disciples would have been being thrown lies and believing lies and Satan would have been whispering lies to them and they were believing a lie in this where they're like, can, can we rest in Jesus? Can we find comfort in Jesus? Can we, can we make it home? Jesus just simply put an end to all that and he said, I am the way home and I am the truth that has the power to get you home. And so how do we know truth? How do we not believe this lie of, of your truth and my truth and all these other subjective truths? We have to know truth. We have to spend time getting to know Jesus. We have to learn him. And we have to trust truth. The world will say, live your most authentic self and do things daily that brings you happiness and live as true to yourself as possible. And in an effort to find home and to find rest, people do that. People find themselves in places and they think we're never going to get home. I can't find home. I can't make my way home. I guess I'll just, I guess I'll just unpack my bags here. I guess, I guess this is home. I think I can make this home. I think I can find comfort here. I think I can build a life here. You know when you're not home. You know when you're not resting in truth. In the person of Jesus, in surrendering our lives to Jesus, we can find home and we can find truth. We can know truth. We can know rest. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. When Jesus says, I am the life, he's saying, I'm the source and the power of your resurrection. I mean, the resurrection you saw today was metaphorical. That's just water from the YMCA, right? But, but there's a metaphor there that before Christ, we are lost. And when someone comes up out of that water, they are acting on what happened when they surrendered their life to Jesus. His resurrection, his defeating sin and death is bestowed upon them. And that takes place in their heart and in their life and for eternity. So Jesus is not just saying flippantly for fun, hey, I'm the life. Jesus is saying, I've given you the power of life. And life doesn't come because you're a good person. And life doesn't come because you get good grades in college and life doesn't come because you love your parents or you you do everything you should do at work and you don't make an issue. Jesus is saying, I am physical life. I give you life. I give you joy. I give you purpose by my presence in your heart. I give life. And he gives spiritual life and he gives eternal life. These are claims that no one else can make. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the channel through which people can have a relationship with God. Jesus is the channel through which we can spend eternity with God, worshiping him, praising him in his presence. Jesus is the way to truth that gives life. There are going to be a lot of things in this world that are going to tell you that they're the way. There are going to be a lot of things that tell you they are truth. Those things are not the way because they do not define truth. They do not embody truth. They do not not live as, as truth and they do not provide life. 
This passage could not go hand in hand better with the stories you heard today because, because you got to hear people say, I was following this. I was pursuing this. I was in college. I was hanging out with these people. I was looking into this substance. I was doing this thing at, at church and I was doing good things. And none of those things gave me life. None of those things fulfilled me. Only Jesus can do that. So when the boat is rocking and the boat is shaking and life feels like it's in turmoil and we don't know where we're going and we're worried about what is taking place and we're not sure what is going on, Jesus steps into this scene and Jesus steps into our lives and our scene and he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Because we all want to find home. We all want to get home. We all want to know truth and rest in truth and depend on truth. And we lie to ourselves and tell ourselves that we'll find that in other places. And the reality is that is only found in a relationship with Jesus. There's a a couple I am statements that Jesus made as he was headed to the cross, as he was preparing to, to give his life and surrender his life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's a a statement that that he said that we can look at and say, all right, that's truth, but what does that require from me? And then Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Telling us that that we can be connected to him. We can can know him. We can get our our life and our, our substance, our source of life from him. That can flow from him as we are connected to him. And he said this phrase, I am the resurrection and the life. He wasn't speaking in just these metaphors that were hard to understand. He was making things as simple as possible so we could understand what it meant to follow him. And so the world will say, follow your heart. And Jesus has said, follow me. The world has said, believe in yourself. And Jesus said, believe in me. The world will say, discover yourself and figure out who you are. And Jesus is saying, deny yourself. The world has said, be true to you. And Jesus is saying, be true to me. Freedom and rest are only found in knowing Jesus in a relationship with him. Jesus is the way to truth that gives life. And I would be remiss if if we did not talk about how that can happen today. You heard these people up here say that they had repented of their sins. They'd repented of the way that they have been walking after their own truth, that they have come to depend on Jesus as the forgiveness of their sins and as their way to have a relationship with God the Father. They said that with, with joy in their hearts and a gleam in their eye because that is the truth that their life is built on. Their life is not built on money or or fame or power or success or good relationships or wholesome values. Their life is built on being found in Jesus. And our lives can be built and founded in Jesus too. As we close, I wanna wanna pray and I wanna offer you a chance to make that decision if you wanna just close your eyes with me for a moment. All of us left to ourselves think that we know better than God's way. And we walk 
after lies and we pursue things that aren't true and we lie to ourselves and we let the, the world lie to us. And at the end of those things, we, we find ourselves lost in death. And, and Jesus is simply saying, come to me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you rest. And maybe, maybe for the first time in hearing these stories today, maybe you saw yourself in those people and in those stories and you thought, I have, I have never made a decision to trust Jesus. I have been around Jesus. I've talked about Jesus. I've been in spiritual situations around spiritual people. I've been Jesus adjacent, but I have never said, Jesus, I trust you and you are my foundation and you are my everything. You are my way and you are my my truth. You are the truth and you give me life. And so today we want to offer that opportunity to you. Jesus knew you were separated from God. He knew that our our sins had put distance between us and God and he came and gave his life to close that gap. He says, you can depend on me and depend on what I did on the cross. So I just wanna ask you that today. If, If for the first time you would love to say, Jesus, I've tried other things and those are not the way. You are the way. I've pursued things that I was told were truth and those are not truth. You are the truth. Jesus, I've tried to find life in other things and I have not found life. I've found emptiness and I've found death and I've found nothing. You are life and I want you in my life and I want eternal life. I'd love for you to to just say, Jesus, I'm, I'm giving you my heart. I'm confessing my sins to you. I'm confessing my need for you and I'm trusting in you and I'm depending on you. And I want to walk with you and I want to rest in you and I want to journey with you. If that's a a decision that that you would want to make today, I wanna ask you to to do something that might might be a little uncomfortable, but I think it's important as we make decisions. Would you just just put your hand up where you're at and just say, I I made that decision today for the first time. I, I want to trust Jesus. I want to give my life to him. I want to surrender my life to him. I want to follow him. You just put your hand up and just, just say that. If you would love to, to talk to someone, if you would love to talk to someone about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, we would love to talk to you more. We would love to talk to you about depending on him, about trusting in him, about resting in him. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And he goes on to talk about the fellowship that we have with the Father through him, the fellowship that we will have for eternity and the miracles and the power and the joy and the things that are capable when we are resting in God. Jesus is the way to truth that gives life. God, help us to rest in you, to depend in you, to believe that you are truth and to trust that you are truth, to not let other things be made true to not, not pretend that other truths are, are taking root in our life. Lord, help us. Help us trust you and depend on you. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We hope wherever you are, this message encourages you to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com.